Hi, I'm Megan Pearson, the founder of PCOS Awareness Association. To me, Femtech gives me the hope and the need to give people voices and a vision and means fem power. Welcome to Femtech Focus with Dr. Brittany Barreto, exploring the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. Welcome to the Femtech Focus podcast, where we have meaningful and provocative conversations with femtech experts. These academics, doctors, and innovators tell us about the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Brittany Barreto, and today's episode is brought to you by Witham. Witham is a forward-thinking, technology-driven advisory and accounting firm committed to helping companies be more profitable, efficient, and productive in today's complex business environment. Witham's dedicated Femtech team is proud to partner with members of the Femtech community. Get to know their team at witham.com backslash femtech. This episode is also brought to you by the Women's Health Innovation Summit, taking place in Boston on September 14th and 15th and virtually on September 28th. The Women's Health Innovation Summit is the sector's leading platform committed to strengthening the network, tackling unmet needs, and championing innovative approaches and solutions. The focus is not only on female-only health challenges, but female-prevalent diseases and those conditions that affect or present differently in women. With so many differing health challenges across a woman's life, the flagship summit brings together all the critical stakeholders to focus on the intersections and sector-straddling challenges with the ambition of moving the needle toward improving outcomes in women's health. Visit womenshealthinnovationusa.com to register today for this epic September conference you won't want to miss. Okay, Fem fans, in today's episode, I interview Megan Pearson, the founder and executive director of PCOS Awareness Association. PCOS Awareness Association is a nonprofit organization dedicated to the advocacy of polycystic ovarian syndrome, or PCOS. The organization and its volunteers are dedicated to raising the awareness for this disorder worldwide, providing educational and support services to help people understand what the disorder is and how it can be treated. The association also provides support for people diagnosed with PCOS to help them overcome the syndrome and decrease the impact of its associated health problems. Public awareness of PCOS is necessary because although 10 million people are affected by it, over half of those 10 million people don't know that they have PCOS. Awareness helps the public understand that symptoms like irregular periods and pelvic pain are not something to be ignored and getting it checked out is necessary. While there's no cure for PCOS, there are treatments that can help ease the stress and complications of specific symptoms. The exact cause is unknown, but it is considered a hormonal problem. Genetics and environmental factors are believed to be involved in the development of PCOS. It is a leading cause of female infertility and is responsible for a number of symptoms that can affect the body physically and emotionally. Despite the name, many people do not have cysts on their ovaries. I did not know that. <laughs> the hormones involved in PCOS include androgens, insulin, and progesterone. This was a super fascinating interview, and I'm sure you're going to love it. Enjoy. Hey, Megan. Welcome to the show. Hey, Brittany. Thanks for having me. I'm excited about this episode. 
Absolutely. I'm so excited to have you. You're like wearing your shirt, like you are all set up. You're ready to go. <laughs> Tell our listeners what you're wearing. So a couple of years ago, we came up with this shirt and we wanted a shirt to, you know, for not just men, women, children, right? Everybody. So it's just, I support women with PCOS. <laughs> right to the point, right? Right to the message. Exactly. Teal ribbon, is the teal known for PCOS? Yes. Yep. Teal is the national color of PCOS. And that was created by um, Christine Zarm um, a couple of years ago. Well, not a couple of years ago. It's been, it's been quite a bit of time now. So <laughs> she is like the mother of all PCOS awareness um, like organizations. <laughs> Whoa. How does, how does one like get legislation on a color? That's, that's interesting right? right right I know that she had to um she had to get it recognized in the legislation and then she had to um you know I'm not really sure how she decided which color but it's been that's that's the color it's been for well, good, like 20 plus years now <laughs> I love that color I love that color so that's interesting <laughs> whoever is out there professional like national day color organizer hit us up we want to know more. Um, <laughs> let's uh, kick off this interview with some information about you and your background. So our listeners love to hear about our guests, you know, where you're from, you know, what did you study? How did you end up here? <laughs> How much time do you have? No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, so um, let's see. I was actually born in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, go Celtics. <laughs> and um I was moved to Seattle, Washington when I was young. Um, my parents, you know, they migrated over that way when I was about five. Um, and so I was raised in Seattle, um, just outside of Seattle in a town called Renton, Washington, um, where I, that's where I grew up, um, lived on a little five acre farm and had horses, um, goats, bred dogs. Um, what else did we have? Yeah, it's just a very interesting little family, right? <laughs> yes. So um, I recently moved, let's see, four years ago, I moved to Virginia, um, where I reside now. And um, I actually work outside of my nonprofit organization. I work at Day Job, which is um, for Capital One. Um, yes, what's in your wallet? Um, <laughs> I love the company. It's amazing. Um, let's see here. I actually have my bachelor's in um, business administration with a focus in, focus in project management. Um, for Capital One, I am the executive assistant for the chief um, model risk officer. Um, and I that's that's like my life right there. <laughs> So where does PCOS come into all this? Absolutely. So um, I actually started showing symptoms um, of PCOS when I was about nine, um, but I was not formally diagnosed until I was 16. So between the ages of nine and 16, my mother knew that something was wrong. She saw it in me um, again, did horses, um, basketball, volleyball, um, you know, just was a very active little kid, but I, from like the ages of nine to about 11, 12, I literally gained like 
80 pounds and my mom was like something is wrong so she was shuffling me back and forth to doctor 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 and specialist over here and homeopathic over here and you know she was just taking me all over the place and um after I, I can't even tell you how many doctors that she took me to but after a few years finally um my OBGYN in Seattle, she died formally diagnosed me with PCOS. Um, and at, unfortunately at that time, it was not just PCOS, it was cervical cancer. Um, so I, age of 16, battling cervical cancer, that was like my focus. Um, didn't really have much information at the time about PCOS. So it was just kind of like, oh, come see me when, you know, you're ready to have children. And at that time I was like, kids, you're funny. So <laughs> I didn't even think about like anything to do with PCOS. It was really just about the cervical cancer and getting my health in, um, in control and um, thinking about the future there. But then I beat cervical cancer at that time. And around age 21, I was actually re-diagnosed with cervical cancer. So um, second time cervical cancer, and I was really struggling at that time also with my like weight, um, hair loss and hair growth, other places. Um, and it, like, I just remember there was a point I was working at the Boeing company and um, I was just like keeled over in my, at my desk and in pain, just pelvic pain, so much pain. And I called my mom and she was like, I'll meet you at the ER. So on my little drive to the ER, right. <laughs> um, they literally told me in the ER, the attending nurses, they were like, there's nothing we can do. You've had, um, some cyst rupture on your ovaries. That's just, you've been diagnosed with PCOS. That's just life for you and, and my mom to this day she says that when we were walking out of the ER she saw it in my face she was like uh-oh something's about to happen what's about to happen because I was just so unsatisfied with that answer right like yeah. I just have to live with it just live with it yeah. <laughs> and it was like no there's something else something needs to be done so I like started researching PCOS online and at the time there was really no information or resources um, available. And to me, it was like, well, if I can't be the only person, you know, suffering from this, this, this yeah. hack, something, some other people have to be dealing with this. And um, I began making, cause I'm very close to my family. And so my family kept asking, um, my extended family kept asking, well, what's going on? How are you? What's happening? Well, what's PCOS? Like, what, what is happening? And so I actually started making like little handmade bracelets in the color teal because I found out the, the official color was teal. Um, I had started making handmade bracelets and was giving it out to family and friends and was saying, okay, this is what PCOS is. I have it. Um, take this and learn more about it and spread the word, right? And so next thing I knew, I had a family member. Um, she actually posted it on her Instagram. This is like when Instagram first came out, right? She posted on her Instagram and her Facebook. And next thing I knew, I was being contacted by people all over the world asking me, um, hey, I have PCOS, never seen a bracelet like this. Where can I get it? 
And I was like, okay, well, let me just start, you know, handing out this bracelet. And so um, after a couple months of doing that, I realized, okay, yeah, I'm not the only one. Like something needs to happen. So I took, I started selling the bracelet actually for like $5. And I was taking the proceeds and I was, um, I, I started PCOS Awareness Association so, <laughs> with the proceeds. So here we are today, 12 years later, or actually, I'm sorry, um, nine years later. And it's just been like uh, a blessing in disguise, right? <laughs> Wow. I have a lot of questions. Um, <laughs> Ask away. Sorry. Oh my goodness. Okay. So before we get into the organization, which I definitely want to spend a lot of time on, but first, um, so you said you started to experience symptoms around nine years old. Is that because that your period started or is that just like normal for PCOS or? Um, so actually my periods did not start. That was one of the signs. So my mother, um, they say that you take after your mother when it comes to your menstrual cycle. Um, my mom actually started her menstrual cycle early at an early age and around nine, she was like, you're not getting it. What's happening? Like I started mine, (laughs) what's going on? And so, yeah, she kept taking me to doctors and they were like, um, it's fine. She's just, she just needs to lose weight. Um, one doctor told her it was in my head. (laughs) Everything was all the pain and all, everything was in my head and that I just needed to get out of my head and I'd be fine. Um, uh, another doctor told her that it was just normal puberty. Um, Mm -hmm. She, she just, my mom literally just felt that, no, these answers were not right. Like something else was wrong. Um, I had started to like, you know, grow hair on my face and um, lose hair on my head. Um, just, and then the, the mood swings. <laughs> 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 the mood swings were not normal for a pu- you know puberty yeah you have mood swings you go through that teenage stage but no mine were literally depression and anxiety like it was just high um and she yeah she she just kept saying nope something else is wrong <laughs> women know we have intuition and and listeners if you are currently you know, having symptoms of something and doctors are saying, no, no, no. And if you believe there's something wrong, continue to look for the answer, uh, continue to advocate for yourself. Definitely. Yeah. And I've told countless people, you know, um, sometimes we feel like because they're doctors, they're medical professionals that we just need to listen. But at the same time, two things, my mom is always said, there's a reason why they call it practicing medicine. Um, because they're practicing, they don't have all the answers. Um, and then two, you have every right to find another doctor. If you aren't getting the answers that, you know, that you are expecting or the information that you're hoping for, you have every right. You got to remember that, you know, we're paying them. Like they're not paying us to give us the answers. No, we're paying them. So if you just feel just like if you went to the store or a, a you know a restaurant and you didn't get the right meal that you ordered, you're gonna say something, right? So same thing. Um, yep. You're paying for a service, so you have every right to speak up. Yep. You have women. You have every right to feel healthy and happy. 
You know, I think that medicine is like, well, you know, women, if they're at least decently feeling fine, if they're feeling okay, that's good. That's good enough. <laughs> and it's like, no, we want to, we deserve to feel amazing and like super healthy. Correct. Correct. Um, and so the cervical cancer thing, is that just like a crazy fluke? <laughs> it's like unfortunate situation or is PCOS and cervical cancer associated at all? There are studies that do say that um, PCOS can cause cervical cancer and uterine cancer. Um, all actually, there are studies out there that say that it can cause all gynecological cancers, so um, including breast cancer. So yeah, to me, That's it's like hormones, and you know, yeah, right. Uh-huh. Wow. And now a quick word from our sponsors. As we've talked about many times on the show before, we need more femtech entrepreneurs improving women's health and wellness across every category, especially sex. I've made some new friends over at Dame Products who are doing just that. Dame Products is a women-owned sex toy company making the next generation of vulva-tested, vulva-approved vibrators. Founded by a sex educator and an engineering whiz, Dame develops toys with the help of real humans and couples like you, listeners. Their vibrators and accessories are made with medical-grade silicone, smart design principles, and lots of love, earning glowing press from New York Times, W Magazine, and many more, including me. I recently purchased Dame's Partners Optional Bundle, which includes the Eva and the Arc vibrators, plus Alu Lube. I used to sell sex toys in college and have never seen a design like theirs. The Eva has these small little wings that tuck under the labia for a hands-free experience. Also, their lube bottle comes with a grip slip. Think about the functionality, folks. I love it. Whether you're a couple looking for an extra boost or on a journey of self-exploration, I'm sure they'll earn a spot on your nightstand. Visit dameproducts.com backslash femtechfocus for 15% off the site. This is a hell of a deal, y'all. Go to dameproducts.com backslash femtechfocus for 15% off and see what they can bring to your bedroom and beyond. And now back to the interview. Well, I, um, I do not have PCOS, but I do have a history of cysts on my ovaries. My first one was when I was 13. I remember telling my mom, like I had some pain in my side and my mom kept saying, no, you have gas, go lay down, <laughs> you know, like you got gas. And I'd be like, okay, cause it was just like, I don't know what it was. And eventually it was like, no, something's wrong. And she was like, okay, yeah, let's go to the doctor. We went, they said, you have a cyst on your ovary. I'd get surgery within the week to get it removed. Oh, wow. That was my first experience. And then I got put on birth control. Um, and then when I was 20, 21, um, I was like changing birth controls and I got uh, at least two cysts that both ruptured. And I know like no one's diagnosed me. I didn't go to the doctor, but I know what happened in my body because I could feel that something I like bent over something changed. And I was like, Oh, okay. This is weird. Yeah. I don't understand. And I have never felt such pain in my life. Like I had to lay down on the, uh, luckily I was home both times, lay down on the bathroom tile floor because I felt so like sick. Yeah. Yeah. I've never had so much pain that I was sweating because it was so bad. And it was crazy. And like, it's it's the weirdest feeling. And and you, the 
again, there's just nothing you can do about it, right? Like it just happens. It's not like you can say, stop that. (laughs) No, I've never felt anything like that. And, you know, and eventually it passes and I felt would kind of feel sore afterwards, but like the solution to it is like, take your birth control. (laughs) Don't let eggs come out because that's when the cysts form. And it's like, well, this doesn't, I mean, now I'm 29. So I'm going on like whatever 29 minus 13. like that long of birth control simply to like avoid the situation. So, um, is it similar for PTOS where the solution is kind of like get on birth control or is that, or what else is the solution right now? Yeah, absolutely. That is the number one thing that they, um, medical providers prescribed for PCOS is birth control. Um, they also prescribe metformin, which is a, a medication for diabetes, Um, so PCOS tricks your body into believing that you're diabetic. So that's where the insulin resistance comes in. Um, and that's where the weight gain comes. Weight gain. So they, they prescribe metformin in hopes that it'll get your insulin under control. Um, that, and I've heard of, let's see, spironolactone, which is a diuretic. Um, and then. There's, there's just, yeah, but mostly they say they, they feed you birth control pills. Right. And to me, for for me, um, I was also the same. They put, they put me on birth control pills. Um, but for me, birth control pills masked the underlying issues. Right. Um, cause as soon as you, as you, just, as you said, you came off of birth control pills and there were the cysts. So within three days, I had two exploded cysts and I poisoned my insides. And I was like, well, I'm going to go back on the pill. Like that was terrible. Yeah, exactly. And and that, um, that in itself is scary just to know that if I come off of this pill, what else is going to happen? Like what's, what else is happening? So I've actually weaned myself off of birth control pills. Um, I've done it a couple of times just to see where like where I'm at yeah um and then the most recent time that I did such um I actually did um acupuncture instead of birth control pills um and that helped me regulate my hormones and since doing acupuncture my menstrual cycle comes regularly um I ovulate perfectly um, everything's just been in alignment that way. Now, if only I could just get other things in alignment, right? <laughs> like, like the first time I did acupuncture, I actually had lost like 50 pounds. So it helped, helped just as a whole, right? Helped me as a whole. And it gave me that energy needed to get out there and, um, you know, go for walks and gave me that little boost, mm-hmm. um, that I needed. And so that's something that I personally do. Um, again, with PCOS and with any other women's medical issue, I definitely suggest people finding what works for them, right? If birth control pills work for you, go for it. If all natural works for you, go for it. You know, a lot of people are talking about the keto diet. If keto works for you, go for it. Um, um, that's the one thing that um the organization and my organization prides ourselves on is that we don't ever tell anybody what they should not do right we just give you all of the information behind 
all of these different avenues that you can do. And, and then it's up to you to make that sound decision for yourself because yeah. what works for one is not going to work for the next. That's right. Because just like how women are not little men, even women are different. We're different races or different sizes. I was taught, we were talking to somebody a few weeks ago about the COVID vaccine and mm-hmm. women and our health. And I mean, yeah. obviously I'm very pro-science and pro-vaccine, <laughs> but we were talking about uh, vaccines for kids are smaller dose because they're literally smaller, but oh. men and women get the same dose. And it's like, if statistically women are smaller, like shouldn't, why do we not incorporate these things? Um, so whatever works for you, ladies, keep doing it. Um, but if Megan, you had a magic wand and would you wish that there was like a pill for PCOS that like fixed it or what, what do you wish if you had all the money, all the researchers, everything in the world, what do you wish there was? I think that back in the day, I would have answered that question. Most definitely a magic pill. Um, only because you know, without knowing that when I first started, started my journey, I thought everybody was the same, but now knowing that everybody's different, um, I just think that magic pill, it would, it would need to be definitely very, very magic, right? It would need to, it would need to conform to, it would need to conform to each, every person because yeah, my PCOS does not look similar as somebody else's PCOS. So, um, I think one of the things that I ultimately would wish is that, yeah, we get to the bottom of this because again, it, it manifests itself in so many different ways. And then two, um, we don't even know where it's, where it came from, right? Like nobody knows it's, origins or how it even happens in the body so we don't know um, if it's genetic or anything we have no idea oh my god they say it's genetic but then you know I look at my own family and I'm like there's nobody else in my family so what what's genetic like am I like the first (laughs) the first first of the family so is everybody after me going to So yeah, they've, I've heard so many different theories, um, and they're all just theories, right? Because there's just no, correct. We absolutely need research. And that is one of the things that PCOS Awareness Association, um, helps fund. Um, so we've teamed up with Lugin Labs, uh, out of Cornell University, and they are the only, um, you know, research laboratory that is trying to get to the bottom of PCOS, most of the other research laboratories, they're researching like weight loss pills or fertility or, mm. or um, you know, the, the depression and anxiety. They're not, they're not, they're researching the symptoms of PCOS. They're not researching going back. Like, let's take a step back. Like, maybe if we figure out where this actually came from, that would give us a brighter answer into how to go forward with it. Yeah, so, Yeah. Um, well, that is, you know, shocking yet not surprising that there is one laboratory studying this. Um, I think there's like one laboratory studying Alzheimer's specifically. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, y'all, there's so much money in like heart disease. There's so much money in cancer. There's so much yes. money in brain health and dementia, but all of that 
let me back up. <laughs> the majority of that money <laughs> is going towards male-dominated research rather than like, what's the estrogen angle here? You know, like what's the female angle here? Because we know it manifests differently in different rates. Speaking of rates and prevalence, how prevalent is PCOS? Ooh. So when I first started, the, the statistic was one in 10. That has recently changed to one in five. So we're talking one in five women. And, and it's crazy because I literally go around counting now, right? I'm horrible. I'm that person that sits in a crowd of women and I'm like, one, two, three, four, five, you, one, two, three, four, five, you, one, two, three, four, five, me, one, two, three, four, five, you. Yes. I, I literally can see that picture in my mind, but, um, but yes, most, most recent numbers are one in five and we're talking um, about 10 million women worldwide. Wow. Uh, and over half of them, as we said before, we know something's wrong with our body, but we have not been diagnosed. So over half of them have not been di- formally diagnosed. My, so that's why the one in five is sounds a lot bigger than 10 million women because much lot millions of those women don't even know that that's what's right. happening because they probably had a cyst they got put who knows who knows maybe I have PCOS I have no idea right like I've been on birth control since I was 13 and like because I had a cyst and that's just like that was like kind of the end of the story um <laughs> they were like here take these <laughs> uh 13 year old Brit being like you know all yeah. insecure about my little 13 year old body like I didn't right. know what happening um let's talk more about your association now so you said that you support research like why else like uh, I mean it makes sense to have an awareness association right and you're selling these bracelets but like what else has come out of it that you're mm-hmm. realizing like wow we really these are initiatives that needed to happen and that's what we're doing yeah absolutely so we pride ourselves on a couple of pillars um, one, the advocacy portion, portion, um, the research portion, and then we do, um, uh, I'm sorry, research resources, um, support and information. So those are our five, like, you know, stronghold pillars that hold us up. <laughs> um, it's amazing to me that the second you walk out the door and you are open about your women's health issues, how many other women come up to you and they're like, me too. Oh <laughs> right? my gosh. Yes. Yeah. I now about femtech and you know, just yeah. this week I gave a talk about femtech. Woman came up to me afterwards. She was like, I've had a yeast infection for four years. And I'm like, oh my God, first of all, bless you. Second yeah. of all, like, this is why we need FemTech because doctors are just like, sorry, girl, I don't know what to do about your vulva. Like, you know, you're just gonna have to live with the yeast. Um, right. And so, yeah, these stories are endless, endless. So yeah. I'm sure that you get them all the time. All the time, all the time. I was, um, so one of the things that we, kind of how I built the base of PCOSAA is that, um, I was thinking locally. This is when I was in Seattle. I was thinking very locally at the time. And it was like, how do I raise that awareness? And how do, how do I reach people? So I started signing up to host booths at like health fairs and at local little community fairs and whatnot. And I would just, you know, sit at my booth and people would come by and it's crazy to see, you know, you got the sign in back of you that says PCOS Awareness Association all big. And 
the table's all teal. And um, if, if anybody's listening and you know me, you know that I, uh, I'm an absolute fan of glitter. Like <laughs> if it sparkles and shines, it's me. So, <laughs> so like my, my table is like bedazzled out, right? Because <laughs> it catches the eye and, and, and you just see people walk by and they stop for a second because the glitter catches their eye and they stop and they look over and they're like, hey, PCOS? I have PCOS. And they come like streamlining to you and they're like, tell me more. What's, what's this about? I need to know more about this. And so it was very prevalent to me that information needed to be clarified. Not, um, not really that the information wasn't out there. It just needed to be housed in a better place to, um, that provided all of the information, yeah. right? So that that's, that's the information portion and then resources. Another thing that I realized was that, yeah, there was a couple of um, nonprofits out there that were dedicated to PCOS, but none of them gave me, like, they said, oh yeah, um, so PCOS causes hirsutism, which is the excessive hair growth on your face. Um, and then I, that was it. In, in my mind, it, okay. <laughs> right? In my mind, I'm thinking, okay, so what do I, how do I, <laughs> what, what? What do You're I do? <laughs> like, where do I go? What do I do? <laughs> do, I, do I, you know, pray to God and just hope that it's just hey, right? Like, do I, <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> so, so we have, um, in the past, we've teamed up with things like, um, especially when I was local in Seattle, it was local laser hair removal places, local um, estheticians that also offered um electrolysis, hair removal, or even waxing, you know, it's just little, little resources like that. And then, um, it started growing into bigger, larger resources, such as, um, it became very clear that everybody that was contacting me, um, they were low income and didn't have access to healthcare insurance or, um, you know, low income based, um, medical providers. So then I did research on trying to, who I could team up with to bring that option in. Um, we found an organization called Needy Meds and they um, have low income clinics all over the U.S. And they then, um, you know, kind of put, we had pamphlets at the time. They had our pamphlets in their clinics and then they offered us a free drug discount card. Um, so anybody that used the drug discount card would get like 80% off of their, their spironolactone, their metformin or their birth control pills. So these type of resources just became, you know, big for, for the, yeah, for the organization. And then we teamed up with, and, um, just recently. So this one was a big one for me because, um, a couple of years ago, I received when I when I was running our our um, our social media, there was a message in the into our Facebook social um, inbox, mm-hmm. and it was a gal who was highly depressed about her PCOS, so depressed that she was talking about suicide, oh and that scared me. It yeah. it broke my heart. It scared me, and I tried to keep her. You know. It, keep, keep the mood light and bring her to a spot where she could, you know, I felt safe with 
leaving her be. But after a few minutes, she just totally didn't respond. And so at that point, I'm like on frantically on Facebook, you know, looking at her, her profile page, finding out where she lived, calling the 911, local 911 to get them to, to go out and do a, a you know, just well, check, yeah. a, a wellness check for on her. So I never, I never found out what the outcome of that story, but that in itself was scary. And me, myself going through depression, I, I know that point, right? Um, so we teamed up with a company called um, Crisis Text Line. Mm-hmm. So if you text PCOS to 741741, you get instant access to a crisis text um, a counselor um, that is, you know, qualified to handle those type of situations because I sure wasn't qualified. <laughs> and that was probably the scariest part, right, is that, that I was not qualified to handle something like that. But those type of um, those type of resources are huge for our organization, and we've got a slew of them on the website. If anybody, you know, needs some sort of resource or assistance, the website is where to go. <laughs> that is so important, and it's really interesting to see this um, mental health be weaved in to women's health so much because of our conditions not being believed of our pain not being believed, of the lack of solution, of the, um, you know, just like I said, I had that cyst explode, you were at work and you had a cyst, like just the uncertainty of pain. um, And then this feeling of isolation, like you're the only one who has this thing. All of that is just like, pure Kindlewood for mental illness, you know, Um, isolated, hopeless pain, you know, like that, that is it. Right. Um, you mentioned before uh, low income, you know, populations is PCOS more prevalent in those communities or is it just that they they were reaching out to you because they needed some more support? You know, that's a good question. That's actually a very good question. So um, over the last like couple of years, we've done a survey um, that we put out and that is part of, that is one of the questions in the survey. Um, And just, just to see what our demographics are. And we are finding that 80% of our demographics are low income. So um, I, it's just, I I think me personally, I think those that are in need in desperate need of help are the ones that are, you know, aren't finding the help and can't afford the help that they need. Then you have people like, um, let's see, Victoria Beckham who has PCOS. She, she has no problem, right? <laughs> There's no problem because she's got all of the money in the world to be able to afford personal trainers, personal chefs, personal, yes. right? all, all of the resources that are needed just for, just to manage PCOS. She wakes like, up and goes to sleep to acupuncture. You kidding me? She's, she's got her own personal one. Yeah. Done. So, so yeah, I, I feel like the people that are in more need are those that are not able to afford the the avenues that others. Yeah, got it. What are some of the future goals for your for your organization? To be great. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, I think that right now. Um, so I have to say that it's really difficult being as you probably know, grassroots organization, running it 
day to day, um, our whole board and our all of our volunteers, so board, including myself, we are all volunteers. No one um, within the organization gets a paycheck. We are all, this is on our own time. This is um, because our passion and we, this is just what we want to do, right? Um, so one of the things that we have found over the last nine years is that it's, or I have come to the realization is that I can't expect anybody to have the same passion as myself, right? Like I have to allow that lead way for people to be like, okay, well, I don't want to do this anymore. Okay, that's fine. We'll move on. <laughs> I remember when I started to learn that lesson, like, wait, people aren't as obsessed with things as I am? Like, oh. like what do you mean? That's so rude. <laughs> like, okay, like 50% of the, you know, excitement. Like I'm a hundred and ten percent kind of lady. Like, so I totally, That's yeah. That's 100% me. Like my team, I, um, we have a solid team now and it's taken again, nine years to get here. We have a pretty solid team. Um, and the ultimate like goal and dream is that one, we definitely want to help as many people as possible. And two, there are some like programs and projects that we want to, that we have ideas about and we would love to put forward, but it's that financing part that you were talking about earlier with research and whatnot, that is the, the most difficult thing, right? Um, we, there, there's a project that I have been working on for the last like three years now that I want to release, but it's not to the point where I can release it just yet. Um, and it's something that I feel like is going to help that younger um, PCOS crowd, right? If I would have known about PCOS at the age of nine, that that could have helped me to 16, right? Um, also, I feel like PCOS should be something that is in that, I don't know if you remember, like what, sixth grade, sixth, fifth, sixth grade, we had the sex ed class and where they yeah. split up the boys and the girls. Boys like, have a penis, girls have a vagina. <laughs> yeah. And this is what happens. You could have PCOS. Like, I feel like that should be a, that should be a discussion yeah. in that class. So this project that, that I've been working on the last couple of years is something that would bring that up in that class. So, um, because then you whole, could have gone home with a packet and your mom being like, something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong. Comes I home read this. <laughs> be like, trick, trick, trick. wow, baby, we all, you got all these symptoms. Now yeah. we have material to bring with us to the physician, you know? Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely correct. And then also, um, we just launched it. We just launched, um, kind of a network that we've built and it's called shades of teal. Um, and if somebody joins shades of teal, they're privy to swag, um, any events that we have going on. Um, we are also building in the process of building courses, so we're hoping to have a course for PCOS patients and one for medical providers. So we had learned through the grapevine that PCOS is literally like a paragraph in the medical book, right? <laughs> so it's like, here's PCOS. Okay, see you later. Bye. <laughs> one in five so, women, but one paragraph is all it gets. Yeah, that's correct. Great. 
So we want to build some sort of course in, um, and we've been working with uh, the World Health Organization and the CDC and a couple of other organizations to make sure that this course is up to par to be able to offer continuing medical education credits for medical providers um, with this course. And then um, two years ago, we started a new journey called PCOSCon. Um, and that is our biannual event. Um, and it's a three-day event. So this year marks the second year. Uh, but due to the pandemic, we decided to go ahead and do this, this year's event virtually. So um, that event is September 17th through the 19th. And I believe our event planner, she just released the agenda today on the PCOSCon website. So um, it's a jam-packed agenda. I was looking at it right here. And it's 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 a jam-packed agenda. Like literally, there are speakers all day. <laughs> so on all sorts of topics. Um, I'm pretty excited about this. And then um there's just there's a lot of different things. We had teamed up with an organization called Amino a few years ago, um, and they were offering us a, a search engine to be able to search for PCOS specialists in, you know, close to you. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a data-driven search engine based off of um, the ICD-10 codes, like which medical providers use the PCOS ICD-10 codes the most. Yeah. And that generated this list. Um, unfortunately, Amino recently in the last like year, they decided that this service now needs to be paid for. So we, we decided, okay, well, we're not going to pay. We don't have the funds to pay for this as much as we would like to. Um, but then it also, when we, when we were really diving into this service, we were realizing that things like acupuncture, um, dietitians, um, nutritionists, and stuff weren't included because they yeah. don't necessarily use ICD-10 codes. So um, we wanted to open this up to all specialists, PCOS specialists. So we started um, a PCOS directory. Ooh. And anybody that is a PCOS, PCOS specialist, they can go and sign up for the directory and be listed for free within the directory. And any person that's looking for a PCOS specialist in their area, they just go onto the directory and you can search in your area for a specialist. So um, that is still being the bugs and the kinks are still being worked out. It's it's live on our website, but it again, the kinks still are being worked out. And we apologize for anybody that's been emailing us about those kinks. <laughs> we are working on it. We promise. I'll give them some grace. Um, well, this has been so amazing. If someone's listening and they're like, I need more, how do they uh, learn more? How do they stay in touch? How do they, you know, what should yeah. they do? Absolutely. So, of course, the website. So, www.pcosaa.org. Um, and then we are on all social media. So, we are on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, um, LinkedIn, and I'm forgetting one, but for the life of me, I can't remember. Uh, Twitter. Thank you. Twitter. Yes. So um, most of them are the, you know, our names on them are PCOSAA. So just look us up and we'll, we will pop up. 
Awesome. Megan, this has been so amazing. I have two last quick questions for you that yeah. our listeners really love. The first one is if someone wanted to start a femtech company, what's an area in women's health and wellness that still needs innovating? All. <laughs> All. So it's it's crazy that you asked that question because I um, you know, I told you that I was dying, I struggled with cervical cancer. So I was actually just in this past February, also diagnosed with vulvar cancer. So vulvar cancer, there's no information. So, and and it's like, why is there no information about this? So I feel like if you or anyone that you, a loved one that you know, um, is suffering from some sort of women's health issue, start something, Mm. start anywhere. Um, you're, you're not going to be stepping on any toes. Um, as of right now, there's only like what four, um, PCOS nonprofit organizations out there. There's no organizations for vulvar cancer. There's just like, there's, there's so many avenues that, that can be touched. Um, so yeah, if you or anybody, you know, is struggling with something research, find out if there's nothing going on, start it. That's right. Wow. Wow. You are such a warrior. <laughs> Seriously. <Wow>. Leader. <laughs> um, and the last question we have is what do you think the femtech industry as a whole needs the most right now in order to be successful? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that that innovation piece is key, especially now that we're moving into the more digital world. Um, yeah just in the name femtech right <laughs> technology is in the innovation and technology um is well needed and if, if anybody's looking for anything come my way <laughs> you think are there tech companies working on PCOS that you're excited about there are a couple of um women's health organizations that are working on different aspects, different symptoms of PCOS, um, but nothing as a whole, right? Um, there, there is a gal that is working on an app for PCOS, um, but that is that app is just going to be so big because there's so many symptoms, right? There's yeah. so many different different ways to go that she's, she's reached out a couple of times to talk about different things, but um, I feel like there could be more in that space. Yeah. I'm familiar with Polly. Um, and they, but they're not necessarily saying PCOS or saying hormone balancing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know they're still early stage. They're not launched yet. So yeah. obviously yes. lots of space here to make change using tech. I love it. Well, Megan, thank you so much for your time today. What you're doing yeah. is so important. I'm going to definitely get myself some swag. I love it. Um, And thank you so much for your time today. Yeah. Thank you, Brittany. I really enjoyed this. Thank you to our sponsors with them, the Women's Health Innovation Summit and Dame Products for supporting the show. And thank you listeners for listening to my interview with Megan Pearson, founder and executive director of PCOS Awareness Association. Be sure to support the organization and learn more about PCOS at PCOSAA.org. That's PCOSAA.org. 
Already Femme fans, be sure to give the show a five-star review and share it with a friend. Join our virtual community at femtechfocus.org and join the thousands of other Femtech founders, investors, and mentors advancing women's health. While in the virtual community, sign up to be a Fem Pro member for $10 a month and get access to the Femtech Institute, a library of Femtech and startup lessons that are sure to help you advance your company and teach you more about the industry. Keep an eye out for our monthly Femtech book club and subscribe to our newsletter. Last but not least, please consider setting up a recurring donation of Femtech Focus, which is a 501c3 nonprofit and relies on your donations to operate. Until next time, keep innovating because improving women's health and wellness improves everyone's health and wellness.